Uh, welcome to Rogue Bogues. This is the In Conversation series. We have a part three, and I anticipate there might be a four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine <laughs> with the way this is going. We have um, the gentleman from iCook Foods here, um, Ian Cook and Ben Cook. Welcome. Hi, welcome to you. Thanks for having us, Andrew. G'day, Andrew. Thanks for having us. Yeah, a lot to get through today. Um, it's been an interesting couple of weeks. You know, full disclosure, I followed most of the hearings. About seventy percent of it, I got. Um, a few of them, the kids were getting a bit narky, so I had to kind of pay attention to them a little bit. But um, and a few of them, Jenny McCarkos, for instance, I just had to turn off before I threw my laptop off the balcony. <laughs> But that's a story for another day. But there's a there's a lot to unpack here. Um, there's notes that I've taken that I want to hit. But um, obviously, you two gentlemen will have a lot to say. But I guess this all started. We'll go from the first hearing um, with Ray Christie, Kim Rogerson, and obviously yourself and Paul Brady. Um, how do you how do you think that all went? Um, what do you grade yourself? Hmm. Like, to be honest, I think most of that went um, quite well. We, we had an opportunity to put forward because it's not just the new information that came up directly from Ray Christie which was incredibly important so you've got two environmental health officers who sort of finally said no we've got to come out and tell what what hadn't been told before um, if you like the hidden truth and that's what so that was pretty powerful the stuff that um, Ray Christie came out with the other thing that Ray came up with was the fact that um, Sutton relied in his original testimony on the Public Health and Wellbeing Act. Now, he didn't close us under the Public Health and Wellbeing Act, he closed us under the Food Act, um, but he related it to that because he keeps trying to say that he was doing this abundance of caution, that, you know, he was um, he was acting in the interests of the health of, you know, possibly thousands of people that could get sick, et cetera, et cetera. And it turns out all his evidence, all of the stuff that he said is basically a giant lie. And he continued on with that through the the... The whole of the inquiry so yeah um, we were happy with being able to put our position I also made a point to the committee that this committee system is there so that they can make laws based on information that they've gathered and it needs to be honest it needs to be something that we can trust if we can't trust it then what are we going to do? We're going to tell our kids, look, it's okay, you just lie when things go wrong and it'll be fine. Oh, and by the way, those laws we made, yeah, well, they were based on a lie, so I'm really sorry you don't like them. I mean, what? it, it just makes a mockery of it. And I must admit, um, the comment I'd make about it was that on the way through this process and after we had, well, after we'd spoken and then after Sutton and Danny Nong had spoken, um, I was contacted by a lot of people who were very um, unhappy and upset that um, that when questioning got tough, it got cut off. Now, Conveniently, I know they, the time ran out. Yeah, yeah. and look, I, I know they have time limits, but how can you have a time limit when you're trying to get to the truth of a matter? Especially when it becomes, you know, towards the tail end of that time limit, the five minutes, something really starts to get dug out. You, you dig deeper into it, whereas yeah. the first three or four minutes, let's be honest, it's, it's, it's a bunch of claptrap and they're just trying to stall and give you the, yeah, we did the right thing, it was for the people, it was for health, and then you finally get to the nitty-gritty, and it's like, oh, your time's up, sorry. And then, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. I've, sure. got, I've got all those notes. But Ray Christie's he, one thing that was glaring that he mentioned was the food, food history of the sick patient at the centre of the probe, obviously, was destroyed 
Um, and yep. he says key evidence was not provided, which makes it impossible to prove the cause of the infection beyond reasonable doubt. And that's something that obviously both of you have been hitting hard from the start. But the fact that it was destroyed, I mean, pretty glaring opening from, from Ray Christie. Uh, yeah, look, um, I know exactly how that hospital works because we um, we were there when the new kitchen was set up. We were providing, we've been providing products to them for a number of years. We'd actually worked in the kitchen with their staff. And basically what happens is that they run a whole paper system. They were supposed to go over to a computerised system, um, which they have in other hospitals owned by HealthScope, but not in that one. Uh, and basically at the end of each day, they just, they just chuck out everything. So, But while they chuck out what the person ordered, they can't change the medical record. So the medical record that he was given is, is a computerised system and it specifies the diet that someone is on. So if you're on a low residue diet, if you're on a texture modified diet, if you're on a soft food diet, whatever, mince moist, you name it, that'll be there because the nursing staff have to know what you can and can't have because if there is a mistake or error, they need to be able to pick it up and say, no, 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 hang on, you can't have that. If you're in, as this woman would have been when she came in, she had, um, she had gastroenteritis, so diarrhoea. She then had a um, colonoscopy um, ordered for within a couple of days, which we were told about. Um, now you would, it is absolutely more than likely, in fact, I just about guarantee it, she would have been nil by mouth. So those things are all entered on her, on the computer screen and on the nurse's station and they know that stays there which means when Ray Christie went in and met with the nursing staff that do infection control and other things, they were categorical with him. They said, no, she was on a soft diet. When you listen to Sutton, he says, oh, yeah, well, we, we got it now from the menu monitor. So you have doctors, mm -hmm. nurses running a hospital, and we're now saying that the person who gave you the evidence, which is whole, all new, brand new, never had it at the first inquiry, is from a menu monitor. Yeah, and the menu monitors for those listening, I'm familiar with those because um, to you know my kids are anaphylactic to egg, um, yep. so it's very similar. As soon as you go into a hospital, the menu logs. A lot of times now, what they're doing is it won't even let you order things that have those in them automatically. So the yep. so it, it tries to rule out human error as much as possible, as we know it's happened in hospitals before. Yep. But that's to your point of of they're now using that as their <laughs> key piece of evidence, which you is know, yeah, it's just ridiculous, and they haven't backed it up. At all, at no. all. Um, I guess I, wa I watched it. I thought you handled yourself very, very well. I thought they, um, the thing that I noted um, that I think you knocked out of the park was the conspiracy theory label yep. that they conveniently introduced. I can't remember who it was. Um, that, that Originally know, John Benny. Yeah, John Benny. And then one of the counsellors um, actually hit you with it as well. Um, in, in, oh, in, in, yeah, Vigella. She Vigella. Came me, yeah. She, she gave that long, the long-winded... Um, spiel about the conspiracy about shutting iCooks down but then fed that into a question which was very long-winded but you caught it I'm glad you did because as soon as I heard it my ears perked up and I was like please address it and you, and you addressed it straight away even though it was three minutes prior at the start of her question it's just interesting that um, that's the labeling now they're trying to put on iCook foods this is their conspiracy theorists and we all know what line that goes down politically um, yep. you know which we'll get to in a second, QAnon and all that kind of stuff. It's just, it's such BS, rubbish, political mumbo jumbo to try and get the people to not look at the facts, not look at what's happened, just be like, oh, this is a conspiracy theory against the Labor government. Yeah. So, 
you're right, and yeah, it rang, um, it, it stood out um, like the proverbial when she said it, which is why I called it out, because conspiracy invites, um, when, when you're discussing conspiracy with someone, you're inviting them to um, speculate, to guess, to do that. And we've never done that. Everything that we've sat and told you or others that have asked has been truth. It has been, if we say someone lied, it means we can show paperwork that shows they lied. Um, if you want to talk to me about Community Chef, I can show you board papers. I mean, John Benny says that this is, that, it, that let's call it out for what it is, a conspiracy. No, it isn't, Mr. Benny. You, on the 22nd, after you had engineered with your staff reports that got us closed, because he now says, oh, it wasn't us, it was um, Sutton. Well, Sutton relied on the reports of Elizabeth Garlick and Leanne Johnson. He was clear about that. And we know there is no other information he could have, he could have got. So Benny says, oh, yeah, but it's nothing to do with Community Chef. That's just a conspiracy theory. You walked in to Community Chef's board meeting that morning and you discussed I cook foods. That's like insider trading. And then you went straight to the MAV, or rather Community Chef did, of which you are a board member, on the information you'd given them and said, we are here to help, to pick up people who can't be supplied by I cook foods. <laughs> Conveniently. <laughs> so where's the conspiracy? Yeah, exactly. And it just, I know how this works, especially... Ben, if we can, yeah, sorry, go ahead, Ben. Sorry, but if I, can, if I can jump in there, I think one of the key things is that um, this was all done well before it was publicised by Dr. Sutton. I mean, John Benny was using this for, for community chef to get a jump on everyone else. In his capacity as, as mm. relevant authority of City of Dandenong, he has gone and traded on the information that he has learned as our regulator to aid the business that he is a director of. Where, you know what? That is something the ACCC would have something to say about. Yeah, and it's clear as day. It's clear as day that it's happened. You've got, Correct. you know, there's documentation. But um, just to finish on the conspiracy theory part, Channel 9 ran with the same tact I just saw a couple of days ago or, th or a week ago. They led, they led a t one of their news bulletins about iCook Foods with, a conspiracy against Ico Foods, um, which I thought was poor form, poor media. So they're, they're obviously they're nervous because this 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 kind of um, innuendo. They're trying to lead people down a path to just throw out whatever you're saying. None other than um, Ben's favourite PR guy. Seventeen is it at PR guy seventeen? Which um, yeah, yeah, which I think Ben might know yeah. who that is. He's I don't know if he's willing to yeah. talk about it. No, we won't. We won't, talk won't about touch it, that. Uh, but I've, I've, yeah, um, no. But you know, P PR guy has a lot to say on uh, on Twitter, and um, you know, it's a it's a place where everyone can share their opinions and voices. That's fine. But when um, when you make the comment, he made, I actually learned about a term called ratioed, um, and I didn't <laughs> I didn't intend to do it, but PR guy made a comment, and I called him out on the uh, on the bullshit, basically. And he got ratioed, and what I'm told is that's embarrassing in the world of uh, social, social media. media. So, if you're gonna if you're gonna um, be pro labor, maybe be pro labor in the in the sense that a business was killed, 41 jobs were lost, and actually look at the people who made the decisions rather than just blindly follow as a sheep. Yeah, and what labor was actually formed for originally Absolutely. back in the day was for the workers and the people. It wasn't for government agendas, the but labor, I. I the labour workforce. I do. I have the tweet. And I'm going to read it out because I think this is just painting the same picture as the conspiracy theory. The tweet was the hysterical far right 
Hashtag Sluggate Fever reminds me of the time QAnon confirmed Hillary Clinton would be arrested the next day. The poor little, or quance, Q-U-N-T-S, mm. um, obviously making a pun at the other word, was so damn sure of it. And that was the, the, the tweet that you responded to and, and got a lot of traction with. But um, we know that PR17 is someone deeply entrenched in the Labor government. Um, it's obvious as day. But the fact that there's this... This is not even debating fact and not even debating the evidence that iCook has brought forward, the lies that have been put forward by numerous people, which we'll get to shortly. It's now going with, they're trying to smear you with the far right and conspiracies and they're trying to play that tack. That 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 then rings my alarm bell straight away of like, you're, on, you, you're beyond onto something, which we've already known. But now that they're going down this road, it only solidifies it. Yeah. But if, if I can say that... Um, you can smear, you can you can label, you can do what you like. Like my dad just said, we go off the evidence that, that we garner, whether it be by FOI, whether it be through um, communications with, in, in person with you know ex-counsellors, current counsellors, um, hospital, whoever it might be, we go off fact and we, we develop our, our attack of what has happened and our defence to what has happened to us. And that will, you know, it plays out in parliamentary inquiry. It plays out in the media. If you want to try and smear us, go ahead. But we're not stopping because justice needs to be served for what they did to us because what they did was wrong. And and I think, they have lied and they have covered it up. Yeah, hang on, yeah um, Ben's absolutely right. I think the other thing, and I've said this a few times, and I think I'm going to, in episodes four, five, six, seven, as you said, <laughs> I'll probably end up repeating it again and again. But... It is a very important fact that when I sit down with you, Andrew, or any other commentator who would like to interview and talk to us about this, we say what we say without privilege. We say what we say because we can't, you know, if, if we were smearing others, if some of the things that we've been told are in, in, inaccurate um, and wrong, yeah. it's all defamation. You know what, if, if, if Elizabeth Garlic didn't plant evidence, um, I've destroyed her career by saying this. Have you received one letter at all in any no. defamation cases? Or Nothing. Cease and desist. No, that's interesting. Not a word. And it's very <laughs> it's it's impossible to do that when I'm telling the truth. And I, I, you know, it's like I said, parliamentary privilege. We got we got told, don't worry. But if you say it somewhere else, well, if there's anything that I said in the public in the parliamentary inquiry that someone wants me to repeat outside of it, I'm more than happy to do so. Of course, without notes, as we've mentioned numerous times, sitting here again with, yep. with no notes in front of you. So you'd well, think... Well, people, people like to talk about the, the slug. Sorry to jump in across you, Andrew, but people talk about the slug. Now, the, the first the first parliamentary inquiry, Elizabeth Garlick was asked, did you plant the slug? And she emphatically just said, no. Then she walked out the front of the media where they were there and asked for the exact question and she ran away. Well... If you're brave enough to say it in uh, Parliament under privilege and you believe that you didn't plant it, then why didn't you just turn to the media and say no? Yeah, well, it's pretty obvious. I mean, it's, it's going to be there forever once it's on once it's on video. Did but, you um, did you hear her answer? Did you listen to her I'm going to get to that. You're going to get to I, that. I have that exact note, and <laughs> yeah. I, I I actually text Ben when I heard it and was like, "Did I hear that correctly?" And <laughs> I'll, I'll get to that very shortly, but. Also noted um, by Ben, at least on social media, no, no environmental swabs returned positive results for Listeria Mono. 
Yep. To be clear, samples of food products were detected not the premises, whereas government has insinuated finding it at, which is the ICOC site. No, envi- no environmental swabs of any surface or equipment returned results of listeria. It was never found on the premises. It was detected in samples of food, which we obviously know more than likely wasn't even your food. Um, legislated allowable level of listeria mono is under 100. All ICOC food samples return results of under 10. Correct. Yeah, negligible. So, and, plain and as day right let's, there. And, and let's get something crystal clear. You will have consumed listeria in your life. You will have handled a fruit, a rock melon, a carrot, something that had listeria And Sam actually it. mentioned that and tried to play it off as like, well, there could have been other people in, in, uh, that, that caught it and they just had mild diarrhea and they wouldn't have reported it. That was his play on that, I noticed yeah, yeah, in yeah. the hearing yeah, as well. That's it. So it's what they refer to as ubiquitous. It is everywhere. Yep. Okay, Um you made a couple of comments there. That's that's in terms of the levels and uh, what have you. When you de- when you're dealing with those swabs, so 46 swabs were taken of our premises, not one. Now swabs are for surfaces. He kept saying, and that idiot they brought on in the first inquiry, uh, Mahoney, who came in and said, um, "Oh no, but it, it's embedded. It's in there, and it'll rise up every 10 years, or this will happen or that." Well, you didn't. You could not find it. Now let's put that in perspective. 17 of the swabs were taken by Leanne Johnson and we have her on body camera footage. She take, she goes to our drains to take swabs. <laughs> she doesn't get it. She actually walks into the sandwich area and she walks up and down in an area. Then she goes across the other side and takes swabs because remember, she was confirming a clean down. Mm-hmm. Then she goes back to where she's been walking and she swabs... Um, from, from where her feet have been rubbing on the floor. Mm. Why would you do that? Oh, that's right, because listeria is outside in the grass, on the pavement, etc. There is a There is always a chance. She was actually trying to find it, desperate to find it. Yep. They found nothing. However, you'll remember in the parliamentary inquiry, I referred to a couple of weeks ago, another uh, another company who operate operated in this, or do operate in the area we used to operate in, um, do delivered meals. They had swabs taken of their facility, and there were five swabs. So this is five surfaces within that company tested positive for listeria. The very, the very thing that Sutton said, it was in your premises. No, it wasn't in our premises. It was in some food we bought in. You're going to shut us? You've got to shut Coles. You've got to shut Woolies. You've got to shut everyone. Yeah. Now, this guy, he was as nervous as a cat in a hot tin roof because um, having found that, a client of his, they took a meal from his freezer and they tested it because that client had tested positive to Listeria Mono. That, um, that client subsequently died. The meal they took from his fridge um, tested positive for Listeria Mono from this other company. And then they, when they did the swabbing, they found it in the premises. Nothing happened. They weren't shut. They weren't. Yeah, closed. they weren't shut immediately. They weren't. No. They weren't sh- shown cause to prove that. They're that doing they, the right they, thing, all yeah. they did was a. Uh, they just did a um, a gastroenteritis clean down. Yeah, and I, I've noted that as well. That similar circumstances and proven beyond reasonable doubt. Yeah. Um, and and all the all, and what did the department do? The department came out and said, um, "Oh, yeah, it was a different genome, so you know, go away." I said, "Okay, well, if that's the case, show us the records. Show us the different genome." If you look at um, when you talk about the clean downs that that were conducted for that premises, and then um, what was said in our parliamentary inquiry, it was said that um, by I believe garlic and I think Johnson 
that we hadn't, uh, you know, complied and, and we weren't forthcoming in, in doing things. Let's just be very clear. We did a per personally as, as I cook foods, we did an internal chlorine clean. We did a, uh, a commercial third party was engaged uh, on the night of the 20th to do a clean down. And then on the night before our closure of the 21st, we had a, a chlorine fogging, uh, which which happened um, from, I think, 3.30 through till midnight. Uh, and that totaled around seventeen, dollars $18,000 worth of uh, external cleaning. What part of uh, that effort was not represented by Johnson & Garlic to show that iCook Foods were compliant in, in making sure that we take food safety very seriously? Yeah, because during the hearing they made out that they were they advised you upon what you would what you need to do to get back in in the good yeah. books and open, and that you guys were kind of, you yeah. know, not not recalcitrant. Yeah, not not trying to abide they, by their they, process and all that. You were kind of you know put your nose up to it all. Based on what you were just saying, which is quite correct, the first one was Melbourne Forensic Cleaning, but that was twelve thousand dollars. The fogging was JMac uh, or the, an associate of theirs. Um, both these companies are authorised by DHHS to do these clean downs. They're both registered and authorised by them. And if you look at the qualifications of the people doing it, it was phenomenal. The other point I'd make is the chlorine fogging. Before they do that, they do what's called an ATP test. Simple test, what it does is it finds organisms on surf surfaces, right? And then they give you a level from 1 to 10. So on that afternoon, while they're threatening to close us, and the guys came in to start that test... They started it by, sorry, they did the test and they came back in and said, are you really sure you want to spend three or $4,000 with us tonight? Your surfaces, your whole facility is showing up as ultra clean, mm -hmm. the highest level. They could not find any organisms growing, you know, sorry, any vegetative organisms on any surface that they tested. Yeah, I mean, and so how soon after did you do that? That was the, that's, the, that's the Thursday night. So straight, basically. The, yeah, we the so we, we 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 did a full chlorine washdown ourselves. By the way, a full chlorine washdown from us using Chlordet high hospital grade chlorine, mm -hmm. chlorine detergent, right? That was done on the night of the nineteenth. All our staff stayed back and we did a complete thorough one. Yep. They never checked it. They just came in and said, "No, nah, it didn't work." Now, the guy I was telling you about the other person, the other company, that's the only thing he had to do, and they, he was never supervised. He, they just said, I oh, will do it. And he rings them up and says, yep, we stayed back last night and did it. So they wouldn't know, yeah, either way. So, so, yeah, this is another council. Mm -hmm. But um, the, the point about that is is that 19th, we did it ourselves. 20th, we get Melbourne Forensic Cleaning in. Yeah. They did it. I've watched, the body, I've watched our footage, and in particularly, say, the sandwich area, which was the focus of all of this. The sandwich area of I Cook Foods, I have the CCT footage of our people cleaning down that night, and I have the same of Melbourne Forensic Cleaning. Guess what? Our people were doing exactly what they were doing, mm -hmm. except they cost us $12,000. Johnson walked in on the morning of the 21st, and before she actually goes into the premises, she rings Mira Antonou from the department and says, the cleaning was ineffective. How do you do that? Yep. After trying to trot mud in there, and we have the, and we have the FOI notes to to back that up. Correct. So then, I guess the the other question, or the statement that was put out was, where was the due process dished out before we were corruptly shut down? So your regulator is the city of Dandenong. Um, they're the only officials to ever. They're the only officials ever to investigate 
the premises, obviously, before they advised the uh, chief officer or, or Brett Sutton to close us. And remember, for our listeners out there, the council part owned iCook's biggest rival, Community Chef. I mean, that's that's a smoking gun within itself. It's yeah, just absolutely, absolutely yeah. bonkers. Like you've made the analogy of it's getting from someone from McDonald's to yeah, investigate Jacks. Hungry Jacks. That's okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> be like, oh no, this is terrible. <laughs> Shut them down. And it's yeah. that's without any evidence. That that right there, most people can look at and say, what the hell's going on? Yeah, and you know, what? in in some ways, that's something that we can sort of just leave and let hang. What else do you say? How how, how do you, how how do you have someone? And the other thing too is. If John Benny says, I've got a conflict of interest so I can't sign the closure order, how come he sits through the whole closure meeting with ben, with with, um, with Sutton? Because and while they're discussing Was that the what he couldn't recall? Was that one yes, of the, that's one of the things. One of the things he couldn't recall. Yep. Um, I, I do remember that, and he was prepped very well by the, by the government, which a few of the councils actually hit. That was a, a great slogan used in this state uh, very often. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he, he tried to... One other note that um, has nothing to do with you guys, but that came out during this hearing that I took note of was the Dandenong Council has spent $62 million on consultants. I'm not sure what time frame that is. I would assume, you know, last three, four, five years. And I stopped and was like, did I just hear that correctly? $62 million of ratepayers and taxpayers money in the city of Dandenong, a working class, you know, yep. lower demographic um, money-wise. It's like, how you know we wonder why our rates go up and our taxes go up i'd love yeah. to know where that's all going and some of it was in this very case of getting their own consultants to just go and you know waste waste a couple hundred thousand to try and shut a, a rival business yeah i mean they they, they claimed that they um couldn't uh, they, that they weren't going to prosecute me myself and the company because uh, it was going to cost well first of all it started as um, well, they're now compliant. That's why we dropped the charges. And then it became, well, no, it's going to cost 500000 to take him to court. So um, so that was why they didn't do it. We didn't want to spend uh, that money. Yeah. And then by the time <laughs> they got to the parliamentary inquiry, the 500000 had gone to $1.2 million because someone had apparently told them that I was going to take them through every level of appeal right to the high court, right, yep. for, a, for, summer, for a summary offence. Now, whether I did or I didn't, one, if I did do that, you can't just make an appeal out of thin air. There has to be an error in law to get an appeal. If they were so confident of what they were doing, that wouldn't have happened. They're spending $62 million on consultants, and yet it, they didn't want to spend $1.2 million, even if that silly figure was real, when they could have gained $11.5 million in fines. Yeah, exactly right. And costs. Yeah, and, and outside of, like I said, outside of the case of I Cook Foods and Dan on Council, it's, like, it's just mind-boggling that $62 million, um, I, I don't know the exact amount of years that is over, but I'd assume it's three or four years. I hope it's not annually. I, I doubt it is, but nothing surprised me these days. But that's just, yeah, just well, amazing. So when it, when it comes to parliamentary privilege, okay, this was all trotted out by a guy called Bosman who works at Danny Long in the last inquiry. So if, um, and Jody Bosnan and um, John Benny are absolutely adamant that those charges were, were all provable and fair and blah, you know, and that they were legitimate. All I ask them to do is come and say those words outside of privilege, and then we'll see who sues who for defamation. Yep. Because those charges were all trumped up. Yeah, clearly. Um, the, the same could be said for uh, the Minister Watt, Sheena Watt, 
you know, at the end when she asked the question of my uh, of my dad, you know, why do you think your business should operate given the the food safety breaches? I mean, the fact that she she has uh, judged our business, judged those charges to be um, true when they haven't even been before a court of law, come out and say that but, but outside of the house. I mean, she she won't because that. That right there was just slanderous of of our business and my father and our name. That's what most people found with with this yep. inquiry was there were there were pointed clear pointed jabs by some of the councillors within their line of questioning, which was inappropriate at times. But it goes with politics. Um, John Benny had a a great bit of trolling though. I don't know if you noticed the book he had in the background. Did you no, know? I didn't. It was the City of Opportunity, Dandenong. Oh, sorry. Yes, you're right. So I had a little laugh at that just because they've just decimated a small business. <laughs> he just had this this book labelled The City of Opportunity, Dandenong, in the background. It was, it was a pretty ballsy move by John Benny. I don't know if it was a strategic troll, but well done, John Benny, for that one because you're trolling the world. I was going to say, it depends on how you're looking at City of Opportunity. If you're um, if you're wanting to be uh, a white-collar criminal, it might be the City of Opportunity. Oh, could be. That could be the marketing ploy they come. Maybe spend some of that $62 million <laughs> next year on that. But um, one thing I noticed with John Benny, besides the um, I can't recalls, there was a question um, that was asked right to the time expiry, um, and he couldn't. He couldn't answer it because time expired and it bamboozled him. You could see. I can't remember the exact line of questioning. I didn't note that. But um, they, obviously a counsellor came back when it was their, their turn again, asked him the question and he was reading his answer off the computer screen. It was yeah. clear as day. He was reading it off a computer screen. You could see his eye because on the initial questioning, he was you know, looking up and thinking to answer. And then you just study basic body language, you just see his eyes moving off a screen to answer the question and you're just like, we'll get to it a bit deeper, um, but that's the stress of having this via a Zoom meeting and not doing it in person as well because there's just so much shenanigans that can be played. Oh, you're absolutely right. So um, what I would call out on that, and this has been this was told to me by other people as well after the, um, after the inquiry, is that um, you have Elizabeth Garlick, Leanne Johnson and Dr Bone all of them were wearing headsets, but not but not normal headsets. So if I'm if I'm on my computer and I put a headphones on on both ears, it's because I'm hearing the questions from the committee through my computer to my to my ears. Right? Um, what when you have a telephonous headset on, you can have input from any other multiple channels anywhere. Yeah, and the other ear is listening to what's coming off the computer. <laughs> now, um, and what's, that's what I said, everyone said, well, hang on a sec, they shouldn't be allowed to do that. Similar to who was it? Was it Jenny McCarkos? Her, her video wouldn't work for a while. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if you want to read stuff and make it sound like you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. well you know what? Having said that, um, Jenny McCarkos actually, first of all, apologised to us. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, while while I don't agree with her side of politics, um, at least she at least she did that. Now that she's out, she possibly wouldn't have done it if she was still in the job. Um, oh, what was she sorry for? What was the oh because in what she was apologising for was what she what she said in the pa- house, and she's saying that she was well. The inference was she was badly advised because she got in the house and said basically we'd caused this woman's death. Yep, and she now knows that's patently incorrect. Um, I think um, I, th- I think her saying a couple of things she said. Um, she probably doesn't want the ire of the um, the Labor Party machine. 
but she's basically, when she was asked to say whether or not she trusted Professor Sutton, she referred everyone back to her comments of her resignation speech, which basically said, I don't trust no. and yeah. Daniel Andrews or, or, or the department or anybody, yeah. Yeah, which is, which is quite alarming. And um, one, of the, one of the many on that side of politics that has blocked yours truly on, on uh, social media, so I can't, I can now longer get Jenny McCarkos's tweets and um, I can't get the Chief Health Officer's tweets. So I wonder if I could... Um, break these coronavirus restrictions and just plead ignorance that I'm blocked from his social media account <laughs> yeah, that I didn't, I didn't get I the didn't information. Yeah, well, I wonder if that would work up well, no, no, in court. It's one of, if you go back to common law, one of the first tenets of common law is that you have to, you have to make sure that the people you're writing laws for get to see these laws. There you uh, go. If, if I you might have an out. That's right. If you, don't, if you don't make sure that the population knows, then you can't enforce them. Vic's taxpayers... Just the congratula congratulations, $22.88 million to fund Community Chef, um, which we've noted. That's the exact figure. We, we, we had it around $20 million on our previous podcast. We've got the exact number. The Vic government has then bought that back for a dollar a share from the councils. I guess the question remains, how can, we, how can we get these grants from the Andrews government? How can we get them? How can we start our business with, with this kind of funding? It'd be good, wouldn't it? I think every business across uh, every small business across Victoria would be um, asking for that because the two thousand dollars that uh, comes out six weeks after the uh, the lockdown starts doesn't really help cover the the rent, cover the wages, cover anything. Let's let's be clear about how it works too, by the way, because they want to make it sound all nice and legitimate. Um, they call them in Victoria, so the grant that Albanese gives them is just here's a, here's a bunch of free money, no strings attached. The money that um, comes from the Department of Health via Daniel Andrews, um, because he was the health minister, it comes with um, apparently conditions. But as I said, anyone who wants to start a business, these are the conditions you want. One, you are given this money and it's interest-free. You, you, do, you don't have to pay any interest. The loan pays itself off over a nominated time frame. Your only responsibility is to stay in business. If you don't, then you have to give the money back. Mm -hmm. But you only have to give back the proportion that is still outstanding given it's paying itself off. How much was it paying itself off, do you know? It was over 20 years. So it's $6 million over 20 years. Okay. It was 500,000. Uh, uh, no, my my math just left me. Yep. Um, but a um, couple hundred thousand. Yeah, every year it pays that off. Now, you've got the 22 point million that they set up. Okay, there's also the money the council put. I mean, the the capital cost of just the factory that they built was just over $24 million. Now, for operating expenses and for other money, they borrowed $9.5 million from the ANZ Bank. After 10 years, they had only paid that down to about um, $8.5 Okay, That $8.5 million was picked up now by the state government. So the state government, so every taxpayer in Victoria now, is paying that debt back to the ANZ Bank. So the councils that borrowed it have now diluted their liability across the rest of Victoria. Yeah, so, we're, so I'm paying for it. So I have, yeah. a, I have a sharing community chef essentially by default. By default, <laughs> that's exactly right. Um, and, and, and it still exists, it still runs its contracts. So it's more than 22.88 once you factor in plant infrastructure. Absolutely. And, yeah. Now, if you put so all those capital things to one side and all those expenses to one side, um, how much do you think it lost in trading off its own figures? This isn't a conspiracy. This is nothing. This is factual. I can, anyone wants them. In fact, we might be able to work out how to post them online so people can read them. I'm happy to do that. Um, they lost 
a little over 18 Point three, it was either 18.2 or $18.3 million in nine years. Hard to do if you try. <laughs> like after, after year one where you're like, oh, we just lost $2 million. we yep. might need to make some adjustments, but it goes back to the pot of gold when it's a government-funded entity. It's run poorly. It's badly managed. It's not. There's no budgets. There's no KPIs. And for everyone out there, let's just hit this on the head real quick. If you're running a, um, a lemonade stand, if you're a mechanic that's open a mechanical workshop, if you're running a marketing agency, a sports agency, imagine someone opens across the street. That's your direct rival, you know, sports agent B and your sports agent A, and you find out that they have these kind of resources to get 22.88 million plus plant, plus a nicer office than you, plus more staff, and they can run it at a loss. They're getting money interest, uh, interest-free for a long period. And then the kicker, it all goes to shit and they have no liability. That's what I Cook Foods were competing against, and that's a, you know, it is um, trying to slay a dragon, essentially. And, and it's Jack and the Beanstalk type story, you know? Yeah, no, you're right. It is. And we were, and we were still winning contracts off them. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's, the, that's probably... That's the irony. <laughs> that is, it, it is, but it isn't. We all know, like, like I've hit numerous times, government-run entities, they just don't work because, number one, none of the employees are, are generally passionate about what they do because it's just a government job. Yep. It's a nine till five. I'm not going to stay till five oh one and finish this extra form to help a ratepayer out who needs a permit. I'll just I'll just wait till Monday. Um, it's the same with this. It's it's not, you know, your business was a passion project as much as it was a small business, and and that helps. I I think I think that brings up a really important point, Andrew. That if I can digress a little, and that is that Doctor Bone told the first inquiry, and Sutton has now told the second that this was urgent because of the number of people that were at risk. They got the notification of Gene Painter's um, uh, listeriosis on the 25th of January. They didn't action that until, uh, well, they didn't come and do the sampling from Dandenong until the 1st, and I believe they didn't tell Dandenong to go and do it until the 29th. Now, think about that. What was the weekend of... The 25th. Australia Day. It was Australia Day. So what was the public holiday? 28th, the yep. Monday. So <laughs> exactly this my was, point. Hang on. We've, we've, got, we've got a deadly, we have a deadly bacteria. It can wait three days. But four or five days is fine. I need my time in Queensland, get my son for my yep. three or four days. Hang on a sec. Leave. Yeah, and, and in actual fact, we don't even get out. We didn't even ask the lab to do it on because those labs can do all these tests literally in a couple of days, right? So even when the samples were taken, they don't get those for another 18 days. Where, where's the urgency? Where are, where's the risk? Well, there doesn't need to be because you're on a you're on a yearly salary. You get your super, and you can make mistakes as we see. You can not hit KPIs. You can not make money, and you still you still got a government job. That's- While we're on the the topic of the the sampling um, that was conducted, one thing Dr. Sutton keeps um, barking on about is cross contamination. Well, let's be clear that this was a sandwich that the sandwiches that were sampled. Now, if you've ever had a sandwich cut into four little triangles, that is what was tested. So what the, what the sampling should have, should have done was take that sandwich, blend it all up, and take a sample of that sandwich. That gives you one sample. What happened was that was split down into four individual sandwiches, so an egg and lettuce, a ham and cheese, uh, corned beef. Um, and so what Do- Dr. Sutton keeps saying to everyone is that Oh, it's everywhere. It's uh, it's just you know seven different samples. It wasn't. It was a sandwich that was cut into four and sampled separately. 
You know, well, you know what really burns me about when he says the seven samples? Ben's right. The way the testing was done is almost a tantamount to scientific fraud, the way they did it. But what it, what it, was, what it does is it produces more samples than you would otherwise uh, get. So if you are engineering the clothes of someone, then you've got multiple samples. It's easier to say, look, we found seven samples. Yeah. The other guy, we found five. They were legit. Um, th- with this one, what you've got is corned beef, corned beef sandwiches. It's the same thing, right? Um, but the thing that really burns me is he says seven. Well, the, where's the seventh one? Oh, that's right. The seventh one is what we call Listeria species. It, that is tantamount to saying, you know what, we found some Yakult in these premises. Yeah. Because it's, not, it's, a, it's a harmless bacteria. Yeah. There, is, there is also the other side of it that I tr- jump back to is the, the cross-contamination. Talking about sandwiches and uh, different products, whether it's corned beef, whether it's ham, whether it's um, a sandwich, cucumber, lettuce, tomato, whatever. This was a sandwich-making uh, belt. Uh, you, you had different ingredients so that the, the different mixed sandwiches could be made. Of course, you're going to get contamination from this sandwich to that sandwich. It's put into the same packet and it's cut with the same knife. We didn't just make one sandwich, clean a knife and start again. We made a batch of sandwiches. Of course, you're going to get contamination across those three sandwiches because those three sandwiches were made next to each other and cut with the same knife. The contaminated product that, that was the corned beef, once that touches the knife and touches the other sandwiches, there's your cross-contamination. It's not because it's a poorly managed facility and, and we didn't know what we were doing. Of course, we know what we're doing. The point is that 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 line itself is is going to have contamination across the board is because the, the word mixed says that it's going to mix. Ben's absolutely right. Um, I don't, you know, the word contamination has all sorts of connotations for people. At the end of the day, um, when you cut with a reciprocating knife down through, because to make if you want to make mixed sandwiches quick, quickly, and here's a tip for anyone who likes making sandwiches, make your ham and cheese, make your egg, make your chicken, make your salad as as whole sandwiches. You stack them, one, two, three, four. And just go straight You through. go bang, yep. bang, and Done. cut across. You've got four sets of mixed sandwiches. Yep. So the corned beef is actually going to be contaminated by egg because you're going to cut down through that yep. or, or cucumber yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. There's that. Now, if the way Ben just described that and we've just discussed, if there's something wrong with that process... And if listeria is so dangerous and so incredibly pervasive as these people would have you believe... Just for this case, yeah. Yeah. Well, it would have to be because otherwise you, no one would be able to manufacture. Yeah. You know, the Flamin' Foods manufacture them. Breadwinner manufactures no. thousands of sandwiches. Australian Convenience Foods, owned by, which is now part owned by Woolworths because they bought PFD, largest manufacturer of sandwiches in Australia. Yeah. They do exactly the same thing. Yeah, of course, because you, you want to get volume out and there's... You're cutting each sandwich individually. You're going yeah. to be there for a very long, long time. You're not going to get as much out. Um, another note, C- Chief Health Officer Brett Sutton did not know when he shut iCook Foods that six other companies, which is what we're talking about now, were supplying food to Knox Private Hospital is just astonishing. So he claims... You it's know, also a lie. Right? That investigators did not check these companies or the hospital kitchen itself is also astonishing. So a couple of things about that. He can claim whatever he likes, right? He's got what we refer to now as coat amnesia. But on that evening, the 22nd of um, Friday, the 22nd, when he closes us, or when that's when the paperwork is put on the wall. He actually closes us on the 21st. Paperwork goes on the wall. It's official. We're shut. Dr. Bone, his deputy, writes to him with key facts. So the subject is, uh, from memory, um, key bits of information, 
and decisions made. And she emails it to first to Brett Sutton and then a couple of others. And what does she say? She says in that email, um, there is no evidence of what the patient ate. Just that statement on its own. That says it. Sutton, you had it. And, he said, and then in the inquiry, he says, oh, look, that was all post me writing the order. I didn't I, know, yeah. I, but he says, I still would have made the order. The decision, yes. Even yeah, if I had to that decision, yeah, to shut you down. Yeah, why? <laughs> yeah. That, in other words, this was premeditated and for some other purpose. Yeah. Yeah, clear as day. I mean, and, and it's, it's, yeah. When you look at those numbers, the six other companies were supplying food to Knox Private and no blowback to them, no, no deep investigation. Ah, no. well, in actual fact, um, the transcripts have now come out from the inquiry and Bone has already put in um, a correction. She told the inquiry that the small goods supplier, um, she doesn't nominate which one, but she says the small goods supplier that was checked, uh, no, we didn't check the same batch because she said, no, no, we checked the same batch as what he's claiming. No, no, it was him, right? Well, now she's had to correct that because they've given her the real documents that say, no, it was a subsequent batch. And... For me, Leanne Johnson, Angie, uh, and and Dr. Bone, I think they both were caught lying a few times yep. um, during during the hearing. And, and for me, when I, you know, when I listen to this kind of stuff, um, hearings, whatever, as soon as you're caught in one lie, I'm done. I think your credibility is completely shot. You, should, oh, yeah. you know, and there were two blatant ones. One of them was with yeah. with with one of their own notes. Yeah, that's <laughs> that it. That referred to. That's it. Leanne Johnson, I believe, was like yep. the oh shit moment and it was stutter, 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 stutter. Oh, 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 oh. And you could see it. Yeah, but someone's talking to her. Yeah, of course. Absolutely positive. Yeah. Now, uh, um, let's just talk about her just for one minute. Leanne Johnson and Benny both say the same thing. They say that because of a witness summons that they got from us, they had to, they had to take private conversations out of video recordings. Those body camera footage, those sorry, those body cameras that they wear, these people are investigating officials under the Crimes Act. When they wear a body camera and they do uh, an inspection, anything, for the length of time that camera is on, even if they go out somewhere, uh, forget they've got it on and admit to having an affair, they cannot take it out. It has to stay in. It has to go to a magistrate. Now, the magistrate can look at it and say, okay, I'll disregard that because it really had nothing to do with it. I'll only regard this. But it you, still has to go to the... But it has yeah. to go. And you, they claim that it was they deleted it because it was personal... You know, a just personal, conversation. personal conversation. and private conversation. Can I tell you, I can show you, happy to show that footage to anyone who wants to see, hear, whatever. Um, there are no private conversations. That is all about an investigation. That's what they took out. That's what they deleted. So they've actually corroborated the whistleblower. They've said, oh, yeah, well, we did do it, but here's why. Well, the here's why is a crime. <laughs> Oops. Now, yeah. now yeah. I'm going to use the word we said we wouldn't use in a minute yeah. because the um, when you, if you get more than one person, so if you get two or three people together and you say, I want you to do this crime and to do that crime is to improve your chances in a prosecution. Got it? Okay. The crime of... Uh, mucking around with the footage is a level eight imprisonment, which is one year. Yep. As soon as you conspire with others, here there's that word, as soon as you conspire with others to do it, which John Benny, Leanne Johnson said they did, they got together and they, and they did this, 
Um, it goes from that to become conspiracy to pervert the course of justice. Big one, yeah. Twenty-five years. Twenty-five years, years yeah. It, <laughs> it is one of the worst. Sta- oh, it is one of the worst crimes on the statutes, particularly from these murder. people. Yeah, it's up there with murder. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. but th- because we have to trust these people. That's why it's so high. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's as I said, those two I crossed off the list straight away. Whatever they said after that, you, I took with a grain of salt. I think garlic was the best prepped um, to give her a bit of credit. She said a lot without saying anything. You know, it's interesting. She, she just. She, uh, we've seen garlic on body camera footage everywhere. She reads, she writes, she does everything. Mm-hmm. She never wears glasses. She, I've watched her write, I've watched her drive, I've watched her do these things. No glasses. So what do you think the play is? Oh, I think, I think someone, she's, um, uh, I think someone wanted to make her look as good as you can make her look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone yeah, else yeah. can draw their cook. But like I said, the, the compliment wouldn't be what she said. It's just the, the way they've strategically had her present and answer. She gave, she really said a lot and said nothing. Like there was nothing you could really get out of it. Well, besides the one thing at yeah, the end, on. which, I, which, I, which I will get to, we'll get to, I've got this on my notes for later on. Can, just um, before we leave her, I know what you're going to, I yeah, think no, I know what you're going to do. No, you're right. Um, uh, what was I going to tell you? I was going to tell you that, oh, Elizabeth Garlic does do one thing. Johnson and Benny both say, yes, we did edit it. Yes, the Rogerson, the whistleblower did see it but she doesn't understand. Now we've proved that's all wrong and that's a lie, right? Um, Elizabeth Garlick was asked by Georgie Crozier, did you edit the body camera footage? And she says categorically, no. Yeah. Her boss, both her bosses, her supervisor and her boss have we said- We did, but- you, No, no, but she, and they did. Oh, by yeah. the way, we have the metadata that shows she did yeah. with her passwords and things on it. <laughs> Oops. But yeah, back to your point of what, what I was gonna hit. Um, which is the big one for me. So all throughout this process, Garlic was asked numerous times, you know, anything to do with the slug? Did you plant the slug? You know, why did you plant the slug? She pushed down heavily, aggressively. I did not plant the slug. I did not do it. I did not do it. I did not plant the slug. So there was a, a few bits of cheeky questioning, which you which you expect from from the councillors that were, um, you know, saying stuff like leading her kind of, you know, you know, when you planted the slug, why did you? And she would say, I did not plant the slug first and foremost, right? Till the end. And... I couldn't hear the audio clearly, so I texted I texted Ben and I said, did you just hear that? She was asked um, right at the end of the hearing of, of, of her time, did, did anybody coerce you or threaten you or make you plant the slug? And the answer was, no, nobody. No, 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 no one, no, nobody. And, and, I, and I, was, I stopped for a second and I was like, I, yeah, that's massive, right? Because she's doubled down every single time but, but not sl- then. had that slip up and you know i'm sure they'll claim it's accidental i was worn down all the questioning but um i think uh, everybody is going to take that for what it is that's what we refer to as a freudian slip it is yep. and, and it was clear as day and i i, I noted it and I, I the audio wasn't perfectly clear so I, I i confirmed it with you ben if you remember i texted you and, and you- yeah yeah the audio wasn't clear and i, I thought yeah well i think it was there but let's uh confirm and, and both um my dad and and others who uh, who were watching, um, also others not connected to us, texted and tw- tweeted me and and. In fact, Rowan, who works with us, and he's quite the wordsmith, um, he picked it up straight away. Yeah, yeah, it was like it, was, it stood out. It was a good one. It was a real good one. The this was a touchy one. Um, having the daughters on, I mean, it was yeah very interesting considering that you had somewhat been in contact with them pre no, no, or so tried to. We tried to. And, yep. and got, got nowhere, right? Yeah, so what we did was um, when we were first accused of killing their mother, we um, 
we contacted the Iaveo village where Jean Painter had lived. Uh, I spoke to the manager and I asked the manager if she you know, understood that um, privacy is privacy. And I said, look, could you please pass my details on? I'd really like to talk to them, offer my condolences. Um, I would also, if there's going to be media and there's other stuff, because this is very early days, right? Um, other things are going to come out. I'd like them to see the evidence firsthand of what we have, what was done to us so that they could appreciate it too. Because and before, it, before it goes public as well, it's just the, the right thing to do, right? Correct. You, you, don't want, yep. you don't want them reading this stuff and then rehashing yep. the death of their mother, so. Twice, twice we did it. And in actual fact, all of the media we did, except the very, like the very, the only time she's mentioned in the very first Channel 7, uh, um, um, what do you call it, um, um, reporting that was done of it, where they came in and want to speak, want to interview me, all I said was we didn't kill anyone. I didn't talk about her or anything. And all the media since then has been about how this council corruptly closed a business and destroyed 41 jobs and 41 other people's lives. Now, um, I was quite surprised that they, um, that they came out and said what they did. I'm not going to tear it apart. It is what it is. If I, if I came out and say anything, the department will say, oh, see, he's just a heartless bastard. No, I'm not. I know what it's like to lose a parent. Um, and and it can be you know, even for me. We lost our dad last year, and it's still quite raw. But the one thing they said was, and this is the miraculous new evidence, that they saw their mother eat a sandwich in the emergency department. Now that's fine. If that's where they saw her eat the sandwich, and this was the new evidence that the, that has come through that Sutton then traded on. In the hospital, right? Yeah, I got news for you wasn't us. Do you know how I know that? Because she said it was in a plastic clam. So the only sandwiches that we ever sent in for the emergency department went in plastic clams, but they were not the corned beef mix sandwiches. They never went in clams. Yeah. They always went on to china plates and had glad wrap put over them. Yeah. They were handled by the hospital. If you're in an emergency department and you were given a sandwich and a clam, it was ham and cheese yeah. and there was nothing in the ham and cheese. Sutton even says that in the first inquiry. Ham and cheese has got nothing to do with it, he says. And it's, look, it's a touchy one, as you said, to talk about because politically they can play this in, the, you know, you're not, oh, yeah. you're not taking into account what, what they've suffered and, and we, you know, condolences go out to um, the two ladies that were on, but I, I just thought it was... Can, it was, I, it can, was, I, can I, just on that? Yep. I, and I am sorry for anybody who, who has a loss and how they want to deal with their mother's passing and how they want to deal with it in the public now is an entirely a matter for that family. Yep. Can I say that Ingrid, who is a deaf mute, didn't, did not have anything to do with this. Her life has been destroyed. She's suffering from depression and she, is, um, and she sits in her room all day. The job she had with us was her whole life. We never traded with any of our clients on the fact that we employed a, a disabled person like that. She had a job because she did it well and was trained to do it, and she was a wonderful person. So how about someone has a think about the destruction? That's just Ingrid. Yeah, you know, plus a couple 40, of 40, 50 people. Yep, and a couple of jobs. other girls. One, another girl who I won't name um, was severely dyslexic. She had great trouble, but we just avoided giving her paperwork. Give her, give her manual physical tasks to do. She was terrific. Great, yeah. Yeah, and... <laughs> Yeah, I just I don't know. I wouldn't I wouldn't call it. It's hard to call poor form, but I just kind of thought that it was it was a clear attempt at um, the government to play on people's heartstrings. Um, they try to, you know, go after your um, 
you know, your truck, the yep. slug truck, they try to smear you with that, that it's heartless but, and this and that. But, but it's, wasn't, that's that's to do with Elizabeth Garthick and what she did to our of business. Of course, but that's, I'm just saying this is how, yeah. they're, how they're trying to group, you know, the political game of trying to smear your case when that's all outside of the realm of what we should be discussing, which is the facts. It's the facts, right. the numbers, the why did this happen, why didn't this, why were there lies told, um, which we'll get to now that, Ben, I think you... Did you say you count, you've count? you counted 15 lies during the parliamentary inquiry? Yeah, well... Um, 15, is it? Is that where we're at? No, sorry, that's just, that's just for Sutton. Uh, just for Sutton. Just for Sutton, yeah. <laughs> and, and, that's, and that's growing. Um, you know, I, 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 Rowan said to me, can you write some of this stuff down? Because I was sitting there watching the recording of it and, um, uh, and, and I listen and I listen and I find myself, okay, stop that, okay, transcribe that, write that and answer that. And it, it, all provable... Every single one of them. Under cross-examination, he would be in strife. And in actual fact, uh, Paul Brady, the detective that works with us um, and has been investigating with us, he was listening to his voice. And he said the thing that struck him, he went to another office and he was typing some stuff up, but he could hear Sutton talking because I was listening to the the inquiry again. And he said to me, his voice is quavering. It, there are a few points where he just knows what he's saying. The other thing that's really interesting when you start transcribing it, because I'm picking out the lies that he's saying, um, Professor Sutton, Dr. Sutton, whatever title he would like, whenever he's lying, he comes out with a um, then he lies, and then he goes on. If it's just a factual thing, then he says no it without one. an um. There's no um. It's, 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 uh, um no, the beauty of human, human psychology. It's, it, they'll, they'll claim it as hearsay, but it's the beauty yeah, it's of human psychology. Absolutely. It's, it's like the, the answer that the garlic made towards the end. It's, it is, you can, you can read into it. But I guess for most people listening, I guess the questions that I've had is, is what's the point of this, this hearing? What was the point of the yeah. parliamentary inquiry? Is, is it just, just, it's a box you have to tick because it was loaded with cronies. Let's, let's be honest, there were councillors that oh, were, yes. you know, yep. half of them didn't even know how to put a sentence together. Um, no offence to anyone out there, there was there was a councillor that you could barely understand. Um, yep. And that, that is what it is. It's not factual. It's not a shot at, at, at his accent or whatever, but very hard to understand. Um, the chair herself was cl- clearly one-sided. Um, you know, what we have is that basically a chairperson of a reopened inquiry protecting a witness who gave two different statements. That was clear. That happened. Um, the cutoffs strategically, as we said earlier, would always happen when the nitty gritty of the questioning was about to happen, and there was some there was a gotcha moment. Your time's up, and then yeah. then that person then had time to have have the earpiece in and get the information about when it gets re-asked by the next councillor. You know, ten minutes later. Um, you know that's not the chairperson's role. The chairperson was 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 doubling down every time there was some, you know, some harder harder questioning, um, yelling and screaming. But you know, there were strategies within this. One I noticed was the strategy of waffling to waste people's to, to waste yeah. the time bank. Yeah, um, it's supposed to be was it five minutes each at that point. Different, yeah, depending on who was on. But yes, you're right. You know, even John Benny's opening statement that just went on and on and on and on and on. It was just a clear strategy to waste time and yep. waste the people's time, which I think is. As a taxpayer, I want the answers. I don't want to hear about your whole your whole sob story trying to protect yourself. Give me the answers, right? That was clear as day. Um, but yeah, that, that's as we said. A lot of it was scripted. We've noted the earpieces. Um, I guarantee you, there was some some in live chats on people's computer screens because John Benny definitely had one that he was getting text messages through, even just an iMessage. You could hear it go uh, go Bing as his message came through, as he was in middle of the way talking through some some answers and questions. You think 
really. Just got all, all your screens in front of you, do you, Mr. Benny? And, and that's that goes back to my point of the situation we're within with with the pandemic and whatnot. Is 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 just the whole Zoom process just leaves a lot of shadiness out there that you can, you can rightfully use that word of conspiracy theory. But it was clear as day there were shenanigans going on, and you can't really prove it. If that was in a in a day of court where you're looking at people eye to eye with a judge and you have no devices, they would have been in big big trouble for this this inquiry. But they they got to. I wouldn't say they got out unscathed because there's a lot that's helped. Yeah, you know, that, that, your that's efforts. true. We have we've got a lot of information. There's a lot of this. information that you've got from this that'll just carry on. But I guess from from you, you two guys' uh, opinions for the people out there, what was the point of this inquiry? So the well, actual, from, from, no, from your point, we understand. But no, I'm no, saying that's right. But let's let's take it for the, what they said. Um, it was this inquiry was reopened because new evidence had come to light. In fact, the terms of reference, of the, the, they, they referred to it as the inappropriate closure of iCook Foods. That's what the inquiry was. That actually brings back into focus what you asked about family members. It's what we were there for is to discuss things that people had said in the first inquiry that were inconsistent with new evidence and other information that's come up now to decide whether they misled or lied to a parliamentary committee and which would put them in contempt of parliament. Let's just take one point. Dr Sutton, when he did his first parliamentary inquiry, he said there were four main points, and I can get you the transcript, there were four main points that he relied on to shut us. The very first piece of evidence that he talks about is the his thorough investigation from his officers of Knox Hospital, the fact that they had a food history and that the food history was they had spoken to the daughters and the daughters had said that their mother was fond of the sandwiches in the hospital. Not anybody had seen anybody eat them or definitely had or whatever. That was his first testimony. That's, and, that, and then the evidence in that first point, if you like, the critical evidence that he uses is, and we know that I Cook Foods was the sole supplier of sandwiches, she of was sandwiches. Fond with, fond, now, fond for. Yeah, so he can't get away from that. So what does he do in the inquiry? He says, a bit like Benny, he goes in and he says, oh, I made an error. So I didn't lie, it's just an error. And in fact, if you listen to him, he goes, he actually doesn't get the first, he only gets error out half, then he pauses, ums, and then he does error. It was erroneous. Okay, so I'm really sorry, and I'm very sorry if it caused any confusion. Don't give me did it cause any confusion. You got a you got a report that said you'd have done everything um, properly and and above board because you lied. So now you take that out. You just lost 20, 30 percent of your evidence just evaporated in front of you because you lied and you knew you lied. So, I guess that most people's question now is like, where to from here? We have the parliamentary inquiry. Are we waiting for a result from them? How long does that take? Where does that go? Could it be months? Um, and then beyond that, we'll chat on on what, what the next steps are. Um, so we will we will continue with what we're doing. Um, so we're going to continue down the, um, the the path of taking them to court. Um, we are we're starting to get a feeling of um, serious disappointment in Victoria Police. They Ben tried to contact the guy that's been doing it for the last couple of days. No no word back. I mean, if you go back to the victims' charter, these people should be in touch with us regularly, letting us know what's going on. Um, we've we've had feedback um, through current and serving members who can't um, put their name to it, but they're just saying no one wants to touch it. 
it's politically too hot. Um, if they can figure out a way of burying it, that's what's going to happen. But didn't didn't Patton say he's personally involved with it? I hope so. That's what yes, he said. Wasn't your record well, saying that? Yep. At a press conference. Yep. So we we that at? we will. Uh, so yes, um, we will be approaching Patton's office again, given that, you know, all right, let's let the dust settle another day or two. Maybe they'll do something, but it's not looking it's not looking positive. And I'm someone who believed in the system. I brought my kids up, asked Ben, to believe that if anything ever went wrong um, and was seriously done badly to you, we live in a civilised society, you go to the police and justice, you know, perpetrators will be held to account. Um, that doesn't apply when you're having, when, when it turns out you're having an attack on um, Labor politicians or Labor councils. Yeah, that'd be in the, in the fiction section these days with the fairy tales and the goosebump books, I think, because it's... Not yeah. just not just well, specifically to I cook food. Can I tell you? Can I tell you? I, I I do hold out hope with Patton. I think he's got a tough job. Um, he hasn't been there that long. Um, I am told that he is a good and decent man, and that he will, uh, in the end, stand up. So, the frustration we're having is with um, the Southern Unit because remember, it's now being investigated by Danny Nong still. It hasn't been moved away from there, and that's what has to happen. It has to be moved from Dandenong either to another division or into reporting into the Chief Commissioner's um, desk because we just don't trust uh, the layers at um, at Dandenong. Yeah, or just yeah, anyone in Victoria at this point. But I guess the parliamentary inquiry specifically, what... what what, what, what's okay, the, what, so do they give that, you? Do they call you and say, "Oh, you know, no, yeah, no"? What'll happen on now, your bike or no? What'll happen now is um, we're we're actually writing up um, the lies. So what we what you might refer to as lie sheets, those will be submitted as evidence from us into the committee. Um, we'll ask them to take that into account before they um, come out with their report. If the report goes down political lines and the independents that are voting with Labor vote the way they have been lately... Which is more than likely. ...then the majority report will get something off the hook or just give him a little slap over the wrist for um, for being a naughty boy and um, confusing them with what he said. Um, what you'll then get is a um, minority report, and I think you'll find that Matthew Bark, Georgie Crozier... Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Onodachi. Yep. yep. Um, and Lovell. I'm Dave, guessing those four. David Limbrick, probably. Yep. Limbrick, yep. Oh, yes, and yes, David Limbrick, he's an independent, yep. I think they will come down with their own um, report, which I hope, it, based on the evidence that was that is being put for before them, should be scathing. I think if you saw Bark um, having, uh, discussing it with um, Sutton, he was right onto it. He he clearly understood that they were that they were misled on a very key point, yep. a key point of evidence. When you got cut off, yep. bang, yep. So, <laughs> um, so I think that's what you're going to probably find. My hope, by the way, and I do live in hope. I wouldn't be doing what I do some days if I didn't. My hope is that um, some of the independents see the questions of democracy and morality in this, and actually come down on the side of um, of doing the right thing and making sure that these people are held to account for misleading this committee. And so then let's say they come to a decision whether it's favourable to iCook Foods, favourable to the government, whatever that is. Um, there is. Can I say there's no, from our point of well, view, yeah. there's no favourable, unfavourable. Okay. We, we got information from this. We've been able to put forward our case. We've said that, you know, 
bit of a circus. Um, but as far as settlements and all that, that's not for the inquiry. No, it's nothing right? to the do inquiry with that. will just say this yep. politician's been bad. He's either gone or he just gets fined, or we're yep. moving him into a different position. And that's the kind of the extent of the inquiry, right? Yeah. No. No. That's right. But also, um, if we go back and look at things like um, the way the way bureaucrats are supposed to act. Um, where where they do so in, in in this case where Sutton has to come up and say I don't care if you call it an error a lie whatever you want to call it the Westminster system demands that he should stand down you can't hold a senior bureaucratic position once you've been shown to have misled lied erroneous or otherwise whatever the reason you have to fall on your sword yeah and that's and, and and every Victorian should be thinking about this all of the traditions all of the good parts of our democracy are being trashed and they and, and abused and it really you know it is dangerous well, it's a lot very of people dangerous. Out there. And, and i think the elephant in the room is that he's obviously you know on the um media podium every other day with mr andrews um dictating what victorians can do so i think that's playing a big part in this case is that you know people will be able to put two and two together and say well if he's done this to Cook foods and proving guilty or falls on his sword Andrews is probably in some trouble too politically because he's had this guy at the forefront of preaching to Victorians what the right health advice is. So yeah. I think that's the issue they've got themselves in with this iCook Foods is that that it's it can be it can relate to the other side of the ball uh, politically going into an election. But I guess from then from then on, um, I guess the next steps is civil for for you guys, right? Well, that that's um, yeah, that's just a slow grind. Yeah, you just got to keep doing it. And is that going after everyone individually, or is that going after no. the Dandong Council and then the state government and the so community the, chef? And um, the so our civil case is against the state of Victoria, which is the department and Department of Health and Human. Yeah. yeah, but effectively you're suing the state of Victoria, so you're doing that. Um, the the, peop- the parties that are named as defendants is Professor Sutton, uh, Elizabeth Garlic, and Leanne Johnson, and then their employer, the the two employers, City of Greater Dandenong, and um, uh, yeah, in the department, as we said before. So that's that case. The other case is, uh, the other civil case is um, uh, Gavin Bucket and the Gourmet Guardian. Um, he was the auditor that colluded with uh, Pauline Maloney um, and uh, kept us, assisted the department in keeping us closed. Because you've got to remember, he wrote, his first audit wrote, because he was trying to have a bet both ways, he wrote that we should be able to open and be operating Right, and uh, any any issues with our food safety plan could be managed in the next thirty days. You know, that's that's you know okay. Yeah, well, there's, you, there's, there's you a bone for you. There's not, a, yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> now, if he'd done what he should have done as an auditor and done that on the twenty seventh, we'd have been open. I wouldn't be sitting here with you. The business would be running, and I'd be too busy. Uh, it's just you know, but uh, yeah. So so he's. Um, um, he's the other part, other civil action, yeah. and um, and the thing there is that in both these cases, well, in fact, let's hark back to the big one, which is Sutton. Um, there's going to be a whole heap of um, witnesses now. I mean, Makarios will be a witness. Um, Andrews will be called. Um, Goldsmith, Mirror Antonou. Um, there's a whole. There's about twelve or thirteen. They, 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 they'll Cicerone will be there. They'll all be there. They'll all be questioned. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's going to, I guess, going into an election year, do you hold any confidence that they could just try to, you know, just, just come to a settlement or try to get this just under the rug before? Because it's a testing time for them. And like you said on the last podcast, if it does go into March, April, May for you, it's like, oh, great. I don't care. Yeah. 
No, look, I, I, I have no control of what they, they're going to do or not going to do. Um, and given the way they've doubled down so far, I don't have any expectation that they're suddenly going to um, wake up one morning and think, gee, we need to solve um, all the wrongs we did. Uh, generally, once people start denying and continue to deny, deny, deny in their own head, they actually talk themselves into believing their own rubbish. Yeah, yeah, they're in too deep, I think, to now say, you know, we've made a mistake. It's similar to what we're seeing in Australia with a lot of these premiers with the, the heavy-handed restrictions now. I think it's just gone so far that I don't think they can even cut off the gas a little bit because people are going to be like, well, why did we do all that back then? So now I think it's just like, oh, we're just going to keep going, you know? And, yeah. Well, um, yeah. yeah, maybe. Look, having th- thought about that, sooner or later you should wake up mm. or someone wakes you up, and that's what the electorate's all about. So... Um, I, I really don't care how people vote, but I do certainly hope at the next election they think seriously hard before they put this mob back in. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a good rundown. I hope everyone enjoyed that. Um, ben, you got anything else for us before we wrap up? No, no. I appreciate, as always, um, giving us a voice um, to, to get out there, and thank you for that, Andrew. Um, I think people just love to hear um, kind of a long-form answer rather than five minutes and then also knowing i guess what you just mentioned um in the process from here that's what people are scratching their head with so actually i've just suddenly thought of i've just i've just suddenly thought of saying that you know (laughs) when when we go back to the thing said by dr sutton about the genomic sequencing he said that uh, before and after the closure of i cook foods there was uh there was no genetic match um uh found in australia well, we have a report from the Doherty Institute that shows that there are in Queensland and in WA the same binary serotype and MLST type for the Listeria mono that was found in uh, the uh, the sandwiches and in the uh, case which was uh, Mrs. Painter. So you've got the same genetic sequencing in in victoria two in queensland and two in wa and yet he sat there at the inquiry and wanted to just talk about our samples because he didn't want to talk about the fact that the human cases there was actually five human cases with the same genome and they never they iquid foods we never sent products to wa and uh queensland we were victorian so how did how did the same listeria that Brett Sutton wants to say was from Michael Foods, a get to WA or to Queensland? Can I? I'd, I'd just like to add one point. In we could talk for hours about yeah, whole genome sequencing, etc. <laughs> let's um let's call out one quick last lie for 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 Dr. Sutton. And this guy knows. In fact, if this guy doesn't know what I'm about to tell you, they should take his doctor his degree back off him, because whole genome sequencing is not a DNA fingerprint. It is a hypothesis and a best guess. That's all. Why? Andrew, if you were to kill someone in this room and you drop your blood here and then um, just outside they find a thing of hair of you, they are from you, they don't change. Bacteria you can't do that with. They are mutating all the time, which means they, they can never be sure. That's why they need epidemiology, which means that's why they need to know who, ate, what, when, and that's how they link it. That's what Ben, uh, uh, Professor Ben Howden said at the first inquiry. He said, I can't confirm 
any of this unless you give me the epidemiology, and I don't do that, the department does that. Sutton is calling it a genetic fingerprint. That is just a, a fraud, yeah, yeah. a lie. Yeah, yeah. The, the, other, the other thing is w w with that um, report from the Doherty Institute, it had uh, a phylogenetic tree, and on that phylogenetic tree, there is a, a number of lines um, that are, are colour-coded, and the colour coding legend says what is a, um, a, a highly related match. And we have to remember, Dr. Sutton said it was a very close match. Well, the other samples from WA, Queensland and the Victorian case were all listed as potentially related. Not very close, which would be highly related. They were all potentially. So... He, he's misleading, he's lying, and he's digging himself a bigger hole. Well, I'm sure it'll just be a, 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 um, a, a error. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> something's part. Yeah, yeah. I hope I know. didn't confuse you. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's there can only be so many errors, but um, we don't we don't pay our chief health officer and our um, our big wig politicians to make errors of this sort. So um, I'd like to thank you guys because I've never watched a, a parliamentary inquiry in my life. Um, and that's why I was asking the questions about where to from here because I'm sure like a lot of people listening that tuned in for that shit show, um, it was popcorn worthy to an extent, but to actually, you know, tune in and watch it for people, they, they just, we just didn't know the protocol of where it would all go and how it would all go. So I'm sure there's many out there that have listened to it as I did and we thank you for breaking down what's going to happen with this and I think um, a lot of people were left wondering to how it can even get to this point as I am, I think... Um, you know, as I've said in previous podcasts, if this is still, if you're still cheering on your political team because they're your political team, um, you're not a good human being in my opinion. Um, whether this was a, a Liberal government, a Labor, an Independent, a Green, I'd be still having the gentleman on the podcast to tell this mind-boggling story. And I, I just wish that people don't look at the slander from the media and, and, and the kind of sideshow. Um, I think look at look at the facts, look at how many lies have been put out. And as these gentlemen have said, if, if they were defaming people without reason, fact or evidence, there would be a separate court case and these guys would be smeared on the front page of the news and this would be swept under the carpet. It still hasn't happened two years in, so um, hopefully something comes off this. But final point for you, Ian? Oh, the, just the final thing I'd like to say, you were uh, asking what else could happen. And one thing that we would like is to, and if anybody who's listening to this is able to, We'd like people to be writing into the federal government, either to the Prime Minister or to the Leader of the Opposition. It was federal money that started the ball rolling. It was federal money. From, from Albanese, right? Yep. yep. It was corruptly used. They, they have a responsibility to go and follow that and do an inquiry. And they can actually get an inquiry into Victoria, um, whether it's... Federally. So federal federally, yep. yep. Something with the powers of a Royal Commission... But this is a case of Caesar can't investigate Caesar. So it needs to be someone from another jurisdiction who has the power to come in and look at this. So potentially another state or... Well, probably another state can't do it, but the federal government can federal, do it. The okay. federal government could say, no, our money was used, that was, that's not right, it wasn't even, shouldn't have even come from infrastructure or whatever, then... That's what has to come out. Shit, the, way, the way it's going, we might have to hire someone from the US or Canada or New Zealand to <laughs> <laughs> really get some even keel the way the way society's going here. But uh, that's a fair point. So everyone out there, send in your, your, your letter. I'm sure there's a way to do it online. Well, whichever your team is. If your team is Al Team Albanese or your team is Scott Morrison, please write to them both. We, we need to get to the bottom 
of this corruption. Because, by the way, there's still money missing out of Community Chef. That's a whole other show. I'll bring the figures in one day. That's when, but that was subtly brought up as well, I think, with the... Um Inquiry. The initial inquiry, the initial one with Dan, City of Dandenong, and yeah, yeah, they, as to where that went, and it got undenied out of the room. Yeah, well, that's just the eight hundred. I can show you where there's oh, right, there's even more. Yeah, right, right at the last death knell when this company was wound up, uh, three point three million dollars went missing. Well, someone's got a few nice Ferraris in the garage here. Or oh, a new home, yeah. Must be nice. So anyway, thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Ian. Really appreciate you joining us. Hope everyone um, got something out of this and learnt a little bit more.